You're listening to the Run Pain Free Podcast. The authority in injury prevention and correction for runners. With running and athletic functional movement expert, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio. Hey everyone, and it's Jessica Marie Rose Leggio from RunPainFreeNow.com, where we get to the root of your running pain. Um, Today's podcast is about plantar fasciitis and the ugly truth about your running shoes. I call them sneakers. A lot of runners and running coaches uh, find that funny that I call them sneakers because everybody calls them running shoes. But I come from a mechanic standpoint at all moments of the day, so I'm going to talk about sneakers. So first off, plantar fasciitis. It truly is tight calves. You have to release your arch to release your calf. You need to release your calf to release your arch. If you don't do both of them, your pain will settle wherever it is you didn't roll. The majority of people don't roll their feet. So you start to get the pain in and around your heel, which then creeps up into your arch. And then you're going for all types of shots and boots and special socks and tape and None of which helps you. Actually, everything makes it worse because you are not addressing the root of your plantar fasciitis if you are looking at your foot at all. It did not start at your foot. It just ended at your foot. So until you get to where it started, you will consistently have pain to the point where it stops you from running. Um, So the root of plantar fasciitis is the IT band. It is pretty much the root of every injury, I'll be nice and say 90%, but because of its formation and where it is within the body, it literally dictates the entire mobility of a run. I have another podcast that is totally dedicated to the IT band, so I will not get into it too much here. I encourage you to go look for it on the other episode of IT band. However, getting back to it, because the IT band actually inserts outside of your knee, below your knee, in your calf, right outside, If you were to put your hands right outside your knees, guys, right now, you'll feel two bones that kind of jet out outside of your knee. That's where it inserts. Go ahead and straighten your leg. You'll feel that it's actually much lower than where you think it is when your knee is bent. When you straighten your leg, you actually realize that it's technically in your calf, in your soleus. So because that's where it inserts, the strain on that joint is immobilizing, basically. Now go ahead and lay your fingers on the outside of that bone and flex and extend your ankle. You'll feel a ton of movement right there. So if there's anything restricting any motion down there, don't expect to not have pain. So because it's pulling all the way from your hip basically down to there, and even on the more severe side from your opposite shoulder, technically is where it's pulling from, that's got a lot of pathway of restriction where it's finally pulling outside your knee and your calf. So when you're trying to flex and extend your ankle and that is restricting it, all the flexing and extending comes from right outside there. So if there's anything holding that up, you do not have flexion and extension of your ankle. But guess what? You have to have flexion and extension of your ankle in order to run. So then the front part of your shin, the muscles outside your shin, those start to overwork because your calves aren't flexing and extending for you to move your ankle. But whenever one muscle does the job of another muscle, that deems the area dysfunctional. So you'll hear me say the word dysfunctional 
a million times in every episode when you speak to me. Whenever I, I'm talking, I'm talking about dysfunction. Because it's not okay to just say you're weak. It's generally not even the case that you're weak. It's not that you don't have the muscle. It's that you don't know how to use it or your body doesn't know how to use it. So it's really dysfunctional. And that's what we really have to focus on is, you know, being truthful to what it is, not just putting yourself down and saying, oh, I'm weak because so many people do that. And that's not the case, guys. You're really just dysfunctional. And that's where I'm listening to this podcast to get functional. So let me get back to it. So because the front of the shin, um, the muscles in the front of the lower leg are working to flex and extend your ankle, that's not their job. That becomes dysfunctional. This is how shin splints start because now the muscle outside of your shin is overworking in a way that it shouldn't. Now the reason why shin splints are never steady and they're always on and off is because they keep going, the muscle keeps going back to the calf saying, hey, do your job. And the calf's like, no, I can't. The IT's still too pulling tension on my on my joints. I can't do it. So it's like, all right, and it goes back to your front of the front of the shin. So it bounces back and forth. The muscles keep trying to help each other and say, hey, dude, do your job. You're not doing your job. I'm tired. And the muscle's like, no, I can't do it. Not going to work. So finally, the front of the shin starts to get too much, and it's like, I can't do it anymore. So instead of the calf taking on, it goes to your Achilles. So now it, everything goes to your Achilles. So your entire run settles in your Achilles. If those of you don't know, but the Achilles is formed from your hamstrings. All four hamstrings come down and form the Achilles behind the calf. So it, there's a huge, where you guys call the runner sweet spot, the spot that's up underneath the bulb of your calf, the gastrocnemius. That spot is where the four hamstrings really come together and really start to form the tendon of the Achilles tendon. So it's a huge juncture. And we have a couple of them all over the body that these are areas where runners are prone to feeling pain. It's because it's a lot of stuff there. There's a lot of crossing of muscles and ligaments. Um, and that's always a place we need to keep an eye on. This is one of them. So then it starts to pull, and the more it pulls, the more it pulls on your heel. That's why you'll feel insertion or very specific spot pains on your heel. It's insertions, guys. It's because it's pulling so much up that it's it's just pulling on where that muscular tendon is inserting up underneath your foot. So what I always say is you need a golf ball, you need a stick, the black solid foam roller, and me, and you'll be running pain-free. Those are the only tools you really need, guys. So the golf ball is best for your foot because it's small, it's extremely hard, and you're gonna get, you're gonna break up the tissue down there pretty good. Um, a lot of the time, because you don't have the flexion and extension, you also don't have the suffice amount of blood flow. Lack of blood flow equals pain. Blood flow, no pain. So you wanna generate blood flow by rolling. Foam rolling, golfing, sticking, all that stuff creates blood flow. Itching, burning while you're rolling is a good sign. It's a good sign that means you're getting blood flow. Heat, super common, blood flow. Um, so these are very specific things to do to generate the blood flow in those areas. The more blood flow you get to the muscle, the more the joint gets lubed up. I call it keep it juicy. People laugh at me all the time, but that's just, it, it sticks and you know what the hell I mean. Um, as long as we keep things juicy, we're going to have mobility. When we don't have any juice around these joints, it ain't going to happen. So it's not to say you don't have good circulation. Don't get it confused. I'm very specific about what I'm saying. So please hear what I'm actually saying and don't add anything to it. If you want to have questions, please comment on, on here, message me on Facebook, message me on Instagram, but really pay attention to the specific words I'm saying because it's that specific. 
This is not a, 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 a thing of lack of circulation. It's suffice blood flow. You have blood flow. It's just not at the level you need it to be a runner. Okay? There's a big difference. So we want to generate that blood flow and get the flow into your foot. Once we get the tissue broken up underneath your foot, we then create mobility in your ankle. Once we create mobility in your ankle, we then stick your, we stick your calf because you want to make sure that that entire line is fueled with good blood flow, good, good oxygen, and releasing of strain around your little itty bitty ankle that has nothing but tendons and little itty tiny bones around it that we need to really get some good blood flow there for movement. Here is where the problem with plantar fasciitis gets really bad. So many of you runners are in stability sneakers. This is the worst sneaker any runner could ever put on their foot. If you are wearing stability sneakers, please throw them out. Go donate them to somebody who needs an actual sneaker. You do not need a stability sneaker. If you have a mobility issue in your foot, or a lateral stability issue in your foot, meaning when you move to your, move your ankle slide side to side, or you might roll your ankle out or you roll your ankle in, the last thing you wanna do is lock your foot into a position and say, hey, don't move at all, ever. Because what you put on your foot, you're putting on your hip. Your foot is indicative of what is happening in your hip. Your hip and your foot are synonymous in terms of movement. If you're feeling pain in your foot, you need to know it's already happening in your hip. You just don't feel it, okay? Plantar fasciitis is a root of a hip issue, being strained and restricted in mobility by the IT band. I'll say that again. Plantar fasciitis is a rooted hip issue, being restricted and immobilized by the IT band. So... We have to work all the way up to get rid of the pain in your foot, to get mobility back happening in your foot. Because if you're not pushing off on your ankle, because you don't have ankle flexion, you don't have hip flexion. If you don't have hip flexion, you don't have hip mobility or hip joint function. If you don't have hip joint function, that means your glute's not working. If your glute's not working, that means your hamstring is overworking. And what did I just say is the hamstring, the Achilles tendon. So do you see how this is all very connected and very rooted? It is imperative that we backtrack and find out what's really happening, where, the, where your rooted issue is within the root of the movement pattern of your plantar. So pointing and flexing, um, that's what we need to fix, and that comes from way up top. So the last thing you want to do is put a shoe on you that says, hey, don't move ever foot. Because now you're going to basically atrophy your foot. So any muscles you had in your foot, consider them gone. And if you don't know what atrophy is, if you think you're in pain with an injury, talk to somebody who has atrophy. It is the most painful, excruciating process to go through because you lose all of your muscle function. Atrophy means the muscle does not is not used at all. It is literally just laying there if, if you have any muscle formation at all left. A lot of times you don't. And it's very painful to build the muscle back to get to a point where you don't have pain anymore. You have to actually work through literal, legit pain to build muscle back with atrophy. A lot of people experience this type of pain in their feet. 
and they think it's just the plantar. Half the time it's because they've just lost so much muscle in their foot because they've been wearing a Brooks sneaker that's the biggest, thickest stability sneaker in the world and has nothing to say about itself in terms of movement. You are a runner. You are trying to move your feet. I don't know where you think you're running if you can't move your feet. I just I don't know where you think you're running for any 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 time a block. I, I just don't understand. I'm a functional person. I've been corrected now for nine years. I've personally only worn Nike Freeze since they came out in 2006. I put on a pair of New Balance, the most flexible sneaker in New Balance that they had, within a half a block of a city block here in New York City my foot was already hurting. I wore them for four hours. I had foot pain for two weeks. So when your body loves function and you put it somewhere dysfunctional, it is going to scream at you to the cows come home because it's telling you, you, this is not okay. I can't move. I can't, I can't flex. I can't extend. I can't stretch. I can't move my ankle. I'm going to mess up your hip. Like get the shoe off of me. That's basically what it was telling me all off the four, only four hours I wore it. So could you imagine running 26.2 miles in a shoe? Could you imagine what it does to you? You're just not feeling it as dramatically as I would because I'm already corrected. So anybody who's been corrected and then puts on a stability shoe, they feel it immediately. They're like, oh my God, Jessica, I cannot believe I was wearing these sneakers for God knows how long. Like I never felt the pain like this. Right. Because your body is being masked. When you have a stove and it's crooked, you shove a piece of wood or something underneath one of the pedestals. You stop it from rocking, but the cake still comes out lopsided. The chicken doesn't cook evenly. The steak is raw on one side. It doesn't change how it's go- what's cooking. It doesn't change what's cooking. It just changes that you can't see it rock anymore. The exact same thing happens with your foot. The last thing you want to do is put your foot into a locked up sneaker and God help you with orthotics. It's the same exact principle of shoving a piece of wood under a lopsided stove. Just because your foot is sitting in a sneaker crooked does not mean, hey, let's shove something between my foot and the sole of the sneaker so that there's no more space. No, it's called, how about we fix your foot to lay properly in the sneaker and then get mobility and strengthen it to actually work for you. As opposed to the one thing on your body that dictates all of your movement, your feet, and not train it to do anything, but just be stuck in one spot. And then wonder why you have hip pain. And then wonder why you have low back pain. And then wonder why you have shoulder knots. It's all because of your feet. 90% of all back pain comes from your foot. 90% of all knee pain comes from your butt. And that's being nice. So what you put on your feet is imperative, imperative to what your hip is doing. It is extremely important. I have a list of sneakers that are my top bad ones. I have no problem saying it. I'm going to say right here, my disclaimer, I am not an affiliate of anybody. I am not sponsored by anybody. I am 100% neutral, and I am runpainfree, runpainfreenow.com. That's what I am. I'm an expert. So I'm going to tell you what works. You do with it what you want. I'm not getting paid to say any of these things. Um, The same thing I am with nutrition. I tell you what works. I'm not telling you what to do. You do what you want. So my top sneakers that are the worst sneakers, number one is Brooks. Number one injury sneaker that I get is Brooks. People come to me with Brooks more than any other sneaker out the bag. Um, 
in terms for runners, these are not good sneakers. I'm not trying to hurt anybody or make anybody upset. I'm just telling you for a runner, this is not the way to go. Um, second would be Hoka's, way too big. They're moon boots. They look like you have moon boots on, space boots. You know how it's like, it's like you're carrying an extra weight on your foot and then you want to lift your leg up for 26.2 miles with all that weight on the bottom of your foot. You're asking for a hip flexor strain, a groin strain, a low back issue, a hamstring strain. You're just asking for it. Um, two and three, New Balance and Asics run a close two and three, um, three and four actually. So we have one which is Brooks, two which is Hoka's, three and four are New Balance and Asics. Um, more and more of these companies are starting to come out with a flexible sneaker. Um, but it's still, there's, the restriction needs to be understood. And you guys need to be educated when you're buying sneakers because the people who are selling you sneakers do not have education in biomechanics. They do not have education in hip flexion and ankle flexion. They do not have any education in these things. I have trained many running coaches. I used to do events for Jackrabbit here in the, in the city. And after after asking what their education was and how they fit people in shoes, I nearly lost my mind and I did not do any more injury events with them because I cannot be associated with people that are not really educated and having that much of an influence on runners. So um, I offered my services to help educate them so they fit paid people in better sneakers. Hopefully one day that'll happen. If not, that's fine too. Um, but the thing is, when your feet are not stable... You should not be in a non in a stability shoe. It means you need to work on your stability. It means you need to work on your ankle flexion. It means you need to work on your feet. It means your feet are like dead fish and they need to be worked on. That's what that means. So we want to roll the gut, roll your roll your calf with the stick, golf ball your arch back and forth, back and forth, and then you really need to get that ankle mobility right then and there. So you want to do a squat, but raise your heels up and down. I call them squatted squatted heel raises. When you're standing straight up and down and do a heel raise, you're building your calf muscles. Your weight is directly on top of you. But when you fold and your butt goes behind you, your butt then literally acts as a weight to your arch. We need to build your arch. So you want to put weight on your arch and then lift. That's how you actually train the arch of your foot. So that's a secret. That's a very big secret, people. So, um, note that, um, and I actually did a podcast as a guest star on ConsciousRunner.com, um, and you can see it on there. She has her blog up there, and she actually asked me as a runner a lot of these questions, and I love Lisa. I think she's great, um, and I would totally recommend you going to her site, and I did, I did two podcasts with her, actually. So, this, the one I did about your running shoes was very successful. And a lot of people still to this day um, message me for it and ask me questions about it. Um, so I recommend you go there. Again, it's ConsciousRunner.com. Make sure you go there. So also, so my number one sneaker, obviously, you know, you know, I did already mention it, was the Nike Free. Now, Nike Free started out in 2006, maybe earlier than that, but that's when it really came out on the scene that a lot of us trainers at the time were f- figuring them out. Um, and they have basically changed and engineered the sneaker every eight months since. 
There is eight years of engineering that happened in Kenya, studying the Kenyan runners, which are the fastest runners in the world, barefoot running, and they took that information and that science and brought it to Stanford University and then put it all to mechanics and athletic mechanics and testing, and, and that's how the engineering of the shoe came about. That's science, my friends. When a shoe does that, that's why people win marathons wearing the fly Zoom. That's what just the woman that just ran. Flanagan, she won wearing the fly Zoom. It is a half fly knit and a half Zoom. So the flexibility is the engineering of Nike. That's who created it. That's who founded it. And that's what everybody's trying to basically do what Nike did. Um, and as a dancer, as a person who was naturally pigeon-toed, I have bow legs. I'm a short Sicilian-Italian. So I always rolled out on my feet, and I was always, always very pigeon-toed, um, even after even being a dancer. I started wearing the Nike Freeze because after my accident, I was in shocks, like Nike shocks, and I was my back was killing me all day long. This is before I had my correction, way before. And finally, one day, I just wore flat sneakers just because I wanted to look cute instead of wearing like my workout sneakers to work. And my back pain was significantly less. So uh, my training partner was like, I'm wearing these freeze. Why don't you try them for the females? Because he's a dude and they have different sneakers for him. So I tried. There was only one basic free for females at the time. And I put them on. I have never, ever worn anything else ever. I've never worn anything else. Other than that, one day I wore those New Balance for four hours. Um, and they were cute sneakers, but they just weren't good. They weren't okay for my feet and my, my, my mechanics. Um, so uh, I've never gone back, and they consistently change the sneaker. They're always updating it, always engineering it, and that's the beauty of Nike. They consistently work on those dynamics, what's best for the foot, the ankle, and, um, to get the optimal performance of the body, um, and then you become a great athlete in your own right. So Nike Free line at this point has tons of different frees. There's Nike Free Distance. There's Nike Free. There's Nike Free Fly Knit. Um, any of those will work. I personally like the fly knits. A lot of my runners will run half marathons in the fly knits and then run full marathons in the Nike Free Distance 2s. Those just came out, or Nike Free Distance. But I do have a lot of runners that run straight up in the fly knits. They just they change them out a little bit more because they are so flexible, they definitely get more wear on them. The beauty about Nike Freeze, though, is that it will tell you when it's time for new sneakers. Three months is, a, is really the general amount of time that runners should change their sneakers in case they're over running and they're running crazy mileage, then that's a different story. But in general, average runner, average running, three months, you should be done with your sneaker. If you don't, the Nike Free will start to hurt your shins. Like, it will start to say, it's time for you to get new sneakers. I'll actually feel it in my hips where I know I need new sneakers. So I generally keep two pairs at a time where I rotate current and then I'll get two pairs and rotate. Um, so they work on your feet just walking around. I just prescribed one of my runners who's having um, issues with her lower her lower leg, which I'll get into another day on another podcast because it seems to be quite common. Um, she, I just prescribed to her that she is no longer allowed to wear anything but Nike Freeze whenever she's in a sneaker. I don't care what she's doing. And all of her short runs need to be done in Nike Freeze. She's only worn Nike Freeze distance 
She's not really worn the fly knits, so I specifically prescribed the fly knits this go around. She needs the mobility in her ankle. She actually has a significant difference in, in flexion from one ankle to the next. So I need to promote that as much as possible, and that means I need to get her in the most flexible shoe that I possibly can, and that's the fly knit. She is in distance freeze, but I need her in fly knit. They're different. There's a lot more stability in the distance freeze, even though it's still flexible. So I would I encourage you to go to the store, grab the sneakers, bend them heel to toe. If the, if the toe and the heel, you can't bend them, don't get the sneaker. Nike free fly knit, you, you can bend it all the way up and like literally fold it in half. That's the beauty of it. You want your foot to work. You don't want to put your foot into a sneaker that stops things from working. You need to strengthen your foot. You have zero ability to strengthen a foot that's not moving. And then God help you if you have an orthotics in the stability sneaker, which so many of you guys do. A lot of the times you go to the podiatrist, they don't even ask you to move. So please explain to me how you're going to tell me what's going on with my foot if you haven't seen me walk down the friggin' hallway. It doesn't make sense. You got you to think a little bit. You have to think a little bit. Um, you guys are athletes, and you expect this much of your body when you have a normal life, where most athletes go home and go to sleep. when they After they run or after they play a game, they go to sleep. You guys got to go to work. You, gotta, you have kids. You have families. You have errands. You have things to do. So you need to be able to promote your strength training pretty much all day. And being in the Nike Freeze at any chance that you get is going to do nothing but strengthen your lower leg muscles. You will be sore. It will not. It'll, you'll think it's a shin splint because... People freak out with any kind of pain, especially if you've already been an injured runner. Any slight bit of pain, you freak out. It's totally normal, guys. But the Nike Freeze are just strengthening your muscles. You probably have never used, let alone strengthened, your lower leg muscles. Lower leg muscles are from the knee down to your toes, okay? So that entire L-shaped form of all these muscles have not been working properly, if at all. The Nike Freeze is going to make them work. So you're going to be a little sore. Nothing that a good foam roll, a good sticking won't help you get through, honestly. So really get into them. And there's, I encourage you to just go out and try them. Just go out, grab a pair, and just walk around for a week in them. You're going to feel totally different. You're going to feel the movement in your entire leg in a way that you haven't felt it before. It's going to feel weird. That's fine. doesn't mean anything other than it's just different. That's it. It's just different. So I definitely want you to really go out there and feel that because there seems to be like an epidemic with these stability shoes. And it's really the last thing any runner should be in, let alone an athlete. Um, and stability shoes are for specific people and they're not for runners. They're not for runners. You need to strengthen that foot. If your foot is rolling over, that's because you have a, you, your ankle's never been strengthened. A lot of basketball players, they're known to roll their ankles. They're rolling their ankles because they've probably been rolling their ankles for years and years and years, and your cells have memories. So once you're injured, guys, your memories of the cells don't know anything but the injury unless you retrain it. Many people put, strap on a freaking ace bandage and call it a day. That doesn't do anything because in a week, you're going to roll your ankle again. To the point where you're just rolling and just rolling and just, and then you tear ligaments and then you're tearing this, then you're stripping a calf and you're straining a calf and then you snap your Achilles. That's all because stuff had been happening over and over and over again that you weren't paying attention to. And you put your foot into a stability sneaker and then kept running. Well, now your knee is a problem. Well, now your hip is a problem. If you're wearing a stability sneaker, I'm guaranteeing you a hip injury. I'm going to guarantee you a hip injury unless you get out of it immediately and start addressing your foot and ankle and hip flexion. You're not going to be okay unless you address those things directly. First thing is 
throw out your stability sneakers. That's the first thing. Second thing is get to foam rolling, get to golf balling your foot, really getting into your Achilles and your ha- and your your ham your Achilles and your calf, and then right outside your calf, you really want to roll right down on the outside of it too, on your with your stick. Um, and then go try on the Nike Freeze, give them a go, walk around in them, feel your way through them. And I, I you know, message me, comment me, tell me how you did, tell me how you felt, tell me anything that was weird. I'm here to help you guys. So. This is just information to get you guys moving in the right direction. So I hope that um, that gives you some insight with things. Make sure you message me at jessica at rumpainfreenow.com. On Instagram, it is rumpainfree. On Twitter, it's rumpainfreenow. And on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash rumpainfreenow. Comment, question. I'm here for you guys. I hope you had an awesome time listening to me. Talk to you soon.